0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Grind My Gears. I am Ashnam Dari, and thank you for joining me again for another episode. Today we are talking about the UFC that went down last night. I believe the number two six five UFC two sixty five Lewis versus Gagne. But first, before we get to that, remember everybody says they love my shit. Please click the link below. Click like subscribe subscribe to the channel like and share the content goes a long way to helping me out goes a long way to building uh, uh me up to get you guys more stuff to get more people on and to build this thing up so that we can keep educating people and keep doing amazing things so thank you for all yous who already like subscribe tell me you love my stuff i'm asking you now to please like and subscribe and actually spread the word Also, too, today's episode is brought to you by www.ashnamdari.com. Log on there, and you can get 20% off of your purchase. You can get some fresh new gear like this hat. We got the muscle tees for the summer out, and we have some brand new products coming out. Uh, Hopefully, by the end of the summer, uh, getting you ready for the winter. Uh, Some really good stuff um, I'm excited about. So, use discount code BROWNPRIVILEGE. Get yourself some of that privilege and get yourself... 20% 20% off. So use a discount code that's below, Brown Privilege, 20% off. Also, this episode is brought to you by www.rebeccagodfreyartistry.com. Rebecca Godfrey Artistry is an art and design brand with a unique prints, clothing, accessories to bring uh, color into every area of your life. Her stuff is amazing. My whole home is outfitted with it. Uh, and can't tell you enough how much art and beautiful things that she has done. If you sign up for her newsletter on the website, so log on to www.rebeccagodfreyartistry.com, sign up for the newsletter, get yourself 10% off as well. So here we go. Uh, UFC 265, Lewis versus Gagne. So to be quite honest, before this event even even started, uh, the card top, the bottom Was not the most attractive card. So I wouldn't be surprised if when the pay-per-view numbers come out. uh, It's not the highest selling pay-per-view ever. Um, But nevertheless, it was still a pretty decent night of of fights. And some good action put together. First thing I want to say, shout out to the state of Texas. Full stadium, no one's going to die. Get your shit together, the rest of the world. Hell, Tokyo Olympics, Japan. See, that's how it's fucking done. That is how it's done. The blueprint was set out for months and months and months and months. How to hold a big event and nobody die because of the the virus. Well, lo and behold, they did it again. I don't understand why we have such a big sporting event like the Olympics. And we couldn't follow suit and have fans in there just like that. You guys dropped the ball on this. The IOC, again, is the most corrupt organization in the world. Shout out to the UFC for putting on another show with fans, and giving people what they want to see. Now, that being said, let's get into the card. Uh, I'm going to start with the, f- the last fight on the undercard, which was, um, uh, let me just get the name of this guy, Rafael Frizev against Bobby Green. Now, I have not had the privilege to watch Frizev fight before, but I did last night. I have had the privilege to watch Bobby Green fight plenty of times. And let me tell you this, Bobby Green, there's a reason his middle, his nickname is mean, because the guy comes to fucking fight. Uh Frize, very good athlete as well. Now, I wasn't disappointed with the split decision going toward Frize. Um uh, uh Fizev, sorry, and the only problem I have with the card, I want you guys to take a look at the scorecard. If you watch that fight, like I watched that fight, Bobby Green clearly Clearly won the last round. Um, And the second round was pretty tight. It could have went to anybody. So I'm not mad that it went one way or the other way. What I'm mad about is the judge, the last judge who scored that fucking fight, uh, 30-27. 30-27. Who the fuck is this judge? And what the hell was he watching? Because Bobby Green clearly took that last round. That is a ridiculous score, and that is exactly why uh, the sport needs to transition away from this system. And that forget about the thirty-point must system, that the, the ten-point must system. Sorry, that is why we need educated judges. Because whoever was watching that fight, it was uneducated. Bobby Grant, Bobby Green, clearly won the last round easily. It, I'm not mad that it was a split decision. There's no way that scorecard was 30-27. Now, all I, to, talk, to end this about this fight, great fight all the way around. Uh, good show put on by both guys. Like I said, close fight, so I wouldn't be mad if it went either or other way. But definitely not a 30-27 fight. But congratulations to um, Frise. Uh, definitely will be paying attention to him now, watching him more whenever I see him on the card. Now we're going to get into the... Meat and Potatoes, the main card. Now, like I said, top to bottom, it's not the most attractive main card. Now, the first two fights, in my opinion, wouldn't really get you to buy the pay-per-view. But nevertheless, we're going to talk about them. And they, they were good fights. So, Song Yedong uh, versus Casey Kenny. So, Song Yedong, again, somebody who I've only had the privilege to watch once. And it was in passing. Casey Kenny. I've seen him fight before he fought Dominic Cruz. He actually put on a damn good fight against Dominic Cruz and he did so again tonight uh or last night sorry. Uh very talented athlete. Now I think he's just missing a few key aspects to his his overall game, but that was a hotly contested fight. Both of these guys can compete in that division. Now unfortunately for Kenny, he's got two losses in a row. But two losses in a row to very good guys. So I hope that's not held against him cuz it would be Extremely ashamed to see this guy have to go back to the regional promotions um, because he had two tough fights. That's all it was. He had two tough fights against two really good guys, both close fights. They were by no means um, domination at a, at any aspect. So, I would really love to see this guy fight maybe a little bit lesser competition and really put some highlights together because I think he can. He has the talent to finish people in division. And uh, he's just, he's fighting really tough guys. Song Yedong, now, hey, 23 years old. The kid's a stud. He is a stud. I think he has only to go up from here. Uh, I just, when I see a younger fight, fighter at 23, being a fighter myself, I just hope that he doesn't take his licks in the next two years. So I hope that his coaches and the people around him and his management team Really, do a good job. Um, I wouldn't say protecting him, but getting him ready for these competitions and training him well so that his brain is able to continue to put together these performances and not take um, a beating so young in his career. I'm gonna, before I move on from that, but I'll give you a, a good example of what I mean. So, um, by no means is this guy's career done. Rory McDonald's career is not done, he's still fighting at a very high level, but. When he was that, yeah, I remember his first fight in the UFC. I think it was against Carlos Condit. Like, come on, man, that's a tough fight in the first, for your first fight in the UFC against Carlos Condit, and he got beat up in that fight. He got beat up in that fight, and he took licks. And throughout his career, he's had great fights where he's dominated guys, and then fights where he had to put in work. And then you kind of notice when he got to Bellator and some other organization. I think he's at PF, PFL now. He's not able to take the same amount of punishment, but he still has the high skill level. So I'm just hoping Song Yudong um, takes a little bit of the blueprint out from what Rory did and kind of just, you know, very carefully pick his fight and not take too much punishment. He's, I think he's 22, 23 now. You know, start taking that punishment maybe when you're 26, 27 so that you can push into your 30s and re- and, and if you're good enough to get a title shot. We really retain the title um, into your thirties, but I just I just don't like when you have these extremely young athletes and they're in a lot of wars while they're young. So I'm hoping that with his talent, they 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 do well. But also to the UFC, eh, the UFC doesn't give a fuck. So they if they can make money off the guy, they will make money. Um, the next fight. Was Angela Hill and Tisha Torres? Now, this is not a showstopper. This is hold on, let me just let me just take a sip. Here. Not a showstopper fight. You're not buying the pay per view for this fight. Now, no offense to any of these young, these women, talented fighters. Um, but I never would see Tisha Torres competing for a title. Um, and I would. Angela Hill, I wouldn't see you competing for a title now either. Um, that being said, the fight went the way I thought it was. I've seen Tisha Torres fight a bunch. And while her technique is crisp and everything, go she she does everything relatively well. She doesn't finish that much. Um she's not very dynamic. And and like she won yesterday very dominantly against um, Angela Hill, but uh, there's nothing in there that shows me she's going to be more than a gatekeeper from right now. Um, I think she has to really start taking risks in her fights, more calculated risks, um, and try to finish some girls. Because that's the only way she's going to get to that next level again and, and, and compete with you know, some of the other girls in that division. And the ones at the top of the division are, are monsters. I think we got Ioana and a bunch of others. They're monsters. And she's going to have to start taking some more risks with her skill set and, and trying to finish girls. Um, now, on the other end, you have Angela Hill. Um, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a fan of hers Uh, to to begin with. Um, she got in the UFC with... She was in the UFC with less fights than, than I fucking had, and so uh, it's not a jealousy thing at all. It's just she didn't have the experience, and, and it showed, and to her credit, she has quite come quite a long way to, to being a quality professional woman's fighter, and she has done well for herself. Now, I think the missing part of her game is that she doesn't have a definable characteristic to her game. Um, So I would like to see her, uh, if she can really pick something, whether it be stand-up wrestling or striking and really hone in on it towards this part of her career and and make it dominant. She's actually a fantastic athlete. She's actually a really good athlete and a really athletic woman fighter. So she can actually do well if she picked an area of MMA to really be feared in. So she's not feared in any aspect. Nobody fears her ground game, nobody fears her wrestling, nobody fears her striking. So if she was to just kind of hone in on one area, she can actually be a very dangerous competitor. And I mean, her record is not stellar, but if you look at people with similar records like her in the men's divisions, um, those are the people that people love to watch. She's very similar, in my opinion, to a Nate Diaz in terms of her record and what she does. Nowhere on the same skill level, but if she can start putting together some really defining wins using a particular skill set or a particular style of fighting, she could be the woman's Nate Diaz. People would tune in just to watch her fight because she's athletic, uh, she's got character, uh, she, she can talk, she's she's good on the microphone, Um, and also she's very talented and athletic, so I mean... I mean, she's got a long way to go, but it's not over for her yet. Um, But hey, anything can happen in the UFC. So now we move into the three fights that I found super interesting. And they were great fights. This was the part of the card where if you're an MMA fan, uh, this is where you you got on the edge of your seat. Because the action is about to start. So you had Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa. What a sleeper fight. This can be a headliner on any card, uh, even a UFC pay-per-view. I would, I would watch this as a pay-per-view headliner. For those of you who aren't familiar with Vicente Luque, the guy is on a tear. He's on a tear, and he's an absolute monster. Um, he's fought a lot of elite guys, and he's beat a lot of elite guys. Um, I believe before. This fight, he fought, um, uh, shoot, uh, Tyron Woodley. He fought Woodley, and and he, he 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 put Woodley to sleep. He did a great job against Woodley, and he's had many great wars, too. Um, the fight that really started turning my head towards him was uh, against Brian Barbarina uh, when he fought Brian. Now, I had the pleasure when I was in Arizona training with Brian, so I know how tough that guy is. That's tough as nails. He hits hard. He thuds you, and he was a he's a fantastic fighter. And Vicente was able to to weather the storm and put Brian away. And so since that fight, Vicente has been on my watch list of most exciting fighters to watch and pay attention to. And boy, did he not disappoint. So that fight yesterday, one round, and I believe this morning, if you if you were on Instagram or if you looked at. Kiesa, he said that you know he folded under the pressure of the fight, but you know to Michael Kiesa's um, defense, you're a fantastic athlete, man. Don't 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 put yourself down like that. I think you just got in there with an extremely talented athlete, and you got in there with an extremely talented fighter and martial artist, and it was a simple mistake made, and 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 you got caught. Um, So Kiesa, elite grappler. Very elite grappler. And, uh, you know, as I watched this fight and as I watched Kiesa come out, uh, he's a, a giant of a man. He's well built, extremely lean, extremely strong for the division. Um, and he, that's why people have such a hard time with his grappling skills and his grappling style. And uh, and he showed it in the first couple minutes, minutes um, that he had that capability. Now, Vicente weathered the storm. And there was a uh, situation there where you thought Vicente would have got tapped out. Uh, he was he weathered his storm. He stayed calm. Now he trains with Gilbert Burns, so believe in me, his grappling's on point, and it shows. It shows that he did not panic under that pressure. And as soon as he got out, he, he got into that uh, front uh, front headlock kind of position, and he snapped on that dart stroke. It was a thing of beauty. There's no way to analyze that other than. It was a thing of beauty. He did everything he needed to do. He didn't fold under the pressure. He didn't uh, panic because Kiesa was uh, heavy on top and putting in some um, some clean submission attempts and, and and really implementing his game plan because that's what Michael Kiesa wanted to do. He wanted to take him down, wear him out, take this to the third round, possibly get a TKO or a submission win. But let's be honest, that's what Michael Kiesa wanted to do. And Vicente Luque, quite simply, weathered the storm, was calm throughout the whole thing, didn't panic through any of the submission attempts and snapped on that choke from the front headlock position out of that scramble and it was that was it. That was a wrap. So congratulations to Vicente. This definitely puts him at the top of the heap um at one seventy. Uh Kamar Uzman um now I'm beginning to wonder if they did train together a lot because I think they're from the same team at sanford mma with um henry hoofed but um even if they were uh it, he is in the title picture i think after um kamara fights kobe i think that's the next logical fight um vicente could probably step in there on short notice if if there was an injury if not um He's ready to go. I think another win, and he's definitely the top contender in that division for 170. Feed him a big dog, and let's go. I think he is stellar. Hell, I would even like to see him fight his teammate Gilbert Burns. That would be fun. I don't know if they'll do it. But uh, that camp is producing some amazing 170ers, and hell, it makes me, as a local show 170, not want to fight at the 170 division anymore because uh, the talent that they're showing, Coming out of that division. Um, so fantastic fight. It only lasted one round. I would have liked to see it go more. But you can never argue with a finish. Vicente Luque is definitely somebody to watch. And somebody to keep an eye on for a title now. And a and title in the future. Um, next fight. Comey. So we had I believe it was Pedro Munoz. Versus one of my favorite fighters. Jose Aldo. Now, I think um, John Anik said this when I was watching the fight in the commentary that he gets starstruck by Jose Aldo. He sees a lot of fighters during the week. He interviews a lot of fighters, but Jose Aldo is still one of the only guys that he gets starstruck by, and rightfully so. Jose Aldo, I've been watching since the WEC, and despite his um, uh, loss of a couple fights and not being the champion anymore. Still one of my favorite fighters. Still the, one of the best in the world. And a lot of people question his move down the division because he had a hard time making the division above. He had a hard time making Feather. And so um, once the Connor thing happened and all that, I think a lot of people wrote him off. And I think that that was... Very wrong uh, of people to do because uh, one thing they didn't take into account is actually how young Jose Aldo is. He still is very young in the MMA world. And he was very young when he was a champion. So he, his ceiling, his ceiling hasn't even hit yet. And I think it what it took is for Jose to realize to still be interested in fighting and still find his motivation. And I think that he has it. I think... That he still has everything it takes. He he looks fantastic at that weight class. He looks so lean; it's not even funny. It doesn't look like it's hurting him. Like I've seen Jose fight Jose fight a lot, a lot, a lot. And when he was at the weight class above, he would get he looked worse physically in condition. He would be tired. He would be he would fade towards the end of fights. Um, not anymore. He 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 has taken. His game from here to here in terms of lifestyle. I, I I've read some interviews where he said he's made a lot of lifestyle changes to get down to that weight class, and it's showing tremendously. Like when I'm watching that fight last night with Pedro Munoz, forget forget the result and forget everything else. My wife even said this too. She said like it's like you're watching the fight in fast forward. That's how fast and crisp he's throwing his strikes. Um. He looks like he's wa- you're watching a fight in fast forward. That's how fast he's moving. And it's it's just incredible that at this many years in the game and that much experience, he's still performing at that high 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 level. And it's it's fascinating to watch and I'm privileged to watch a legend like him still compete at a very high level. He is not done. I think one of the most misleading fights for him in recent memory was the one against Peter Yan. Because when you watch that fight, Peter Yan is such an animal. Such a beast. You, you think, oh, Jose's done. But no. He's, he just ran into another animal. And I think that if you can give Jose some chances to fight some top quality opponents. And he can keep doing this. You are looking at a guy who can possibly take that title back. And walk away into the sunset as a champion. With a championship belt. If I'm Jose Aldo. I'm his team. I'm his management. We're getting him back into that position. And then we are winning that title if we can. And getting the fuck out. That's the strategy. And he certainly has that potential. Striking looked on point. Uh, Everything was great. I did want to see him use more leg kicks. Because when he did use the leg kicks. Especially towards the end of the fight. He was using them more. Boy did it fucking hurt. Um, It's something that he has been missing In his last, I would say, five to seven performances, he has kind of shied away from his leg kick game. But that being said, you can't be mad at the guy. He is a legend, and he took care of business last night and took care of it quite handily. But also, shout out to Pedro Munoz. That was a great fight. That was a hard fight. He responded well to everything. He was just outclassed by a better better fighter last night. But Pedro Munoz stood in there for all five rounds. Was competitive for all five rounds. And hands down, he can step in there with anybody in the division. And um, Pedro Munoz, don't sleep on him. Uh, Two, three wins. He's back in that mix for that title. Uh, Maybe even less than that if he puts together some exciting wins. Which I know he can do. Um, So, that was a tremendous fight. I can't say enough about Jose Aldo. I can't wait to see him fight again. I think... And this would be what I would uh, schedule next is I would schedule him for the loser of Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. I have a immense feeling that's going to be Aljamain Sterling because he is not the champion despite what he thinks. Uh, he pussied out of that fight. He's the fake paper champion. So let's get Peter Yan back in there to beat the shit out of um, Aljamain Sterling and get Sterling and um, Aldo back at it if i have the divisions right uh i'm i'm hoping i didn't fuck that up but i'm pretty sure that that's that's what it is that's what i would like to see and uh no no disrespect to al jermaine sterling but you are not the champ my man you bailed out of that fight because you knew you were going to lose um so now we're going to the main event of the evening Derek lewis And Cyril Gagne. Now, I would be extremely lying to you if I didn't say I was biased. I love Derek Lewis. He is one of my favorite fighters, and I was rooting for him the whole time. Um, But here's here's the thing about Derek Lewis. You just don't know who's gonna show up that night. You don't know if it's going to be the Derek Lewis that's going to knock people out to kingdom come or if it's going to be the Derek Lewis that sleeps for three rounds and then finishes Volkov with 30 seconds left or sleeps for all three rounds against Ngannou. Um, that is the biggest issue with Derek Lewis. Not There's nothing, nothing else that's an issue with him in terms of his um, mentality. Uh, But that is the biggest issue. You don't know who's going to show up. And the other issue with him is he's not well-rounded enough of a fighter to not be able to show up. So what I mean by that is his game is extremely limited. He's got that right hand that when it touches you, you die. Like, you literally die. He's got a right hand, and if it touches your face, you die. But he's not skilled enough on the ground with his jiu-jitsu yet or his wrestling so that he can have nights like that where he takes the couple rounds off and, yeah, you can't do that. So there's other guys in the heavyweight division who can do that. You know, for example, uh, Stipe Myocik. Stipe, extremely good wrestler, very polished striker as well. He can kind of take some time off in those in some rounds and still get away with it because he has the wrestling pedigree. He has the Chris striking. He has more than one tool. Whereas Derek Lewis, let's be honest, he has one tool and it's really damn good. So it just looked to me, it just looked to me like in the first round, first two rounds, it just looked like he wasn't all there. He wasn't all there. He mentally wasn't there. I don't know if we're going to see some Stuff come out where he, he was injured or, or something happened, but he wasn't there. And I'm not trying to discredit Surreal Gagne yet, but I'm going to get to him in a second. So Derek Lewis wasn't all there, um, and he just was too hesitant to close the distance. He didn't want to close the distance so he can land that right hand. And then he didn't want to close the distance to land that right hand, but then he didn't want to grapple either. He didn't want to close the distance to grapple and, and to take him down. Now, Cyril Gagne. Now, let me be quite honest here. It's the first time I've seen him fight. very first time. I've seen highlights, but I haven't seen him fight live. um, And I haven't seen the entirety of his fights. And boy, oh boy, was I impressed. This guy is a tremendous athlete. And for someone who's only been training MMA for three years, three years, guys. Holy crap. He is very talented he managed the distance extremely well he fought an extremely educated and smart fight he looked like a veteran of 40 fights not nine um, I believe he's had some amateur but we've all had amateurs so if you add it up you can you get a bigger fight count but boy boy did he look very crisp very polished managed the distances very very well uh, put together great shots and not only that the guy. He's strong as fucking balls. He's chiseled like Anthony Joshua. He looks like Anthony Joshua in an MMA fucking cage. Um, Derek Lewis, who is extremely strong. I've seen Derek Lewis lying flat on his fucking back. Both shoulders pinned to the ground. Guy in side control. Just get up. Just get up. I've seen Derek Lewis do that before. Um, Cyril Gagne held his ass. And, and made him realize he couldn't grapple with him, he couldn't take him down, couldn't do nothing. So really Gagne is a freak athlete, super strong, really great striking. And the part of this fight that was most impressive is his footwork. Boy, oh boy, does he have great footwork. He moves, he's constantly moving, he's constantly moving laterally. He's doing all the right things a very veteran fighter would do. And... Um, he picked Derek Lewis apart, and he beat him up, and that's it's it hurts me to say that because I'm a Derek Lewis fan, but like um you know as a joke when the fight was over, and you know my wife was like oh that's sad because we both like Derek Lewis I you know I was just like you know because Derek always posts on on Instagram I'm like yeah well he's okay, <laughs> so it was um it was heartbreaking but it was refreshing to see such a great heavyweight, um. Come through the ranks and um, setting up a great fight with him and Nganu. I know they've trained together before. Uh, There's really some footage this past week where they they made it seem like it was some sort of life changing sparring session that we were watching. It wasn't. It was a light sparring session. So um, that's the match to make. And and quite honestly, to if I'm to pre-analyze that fight um, ahead of time, I I would obviously lean towards the champion in um just out of logic, but I can't honestly sit here and say that um, Gagne can win that fight. I think that you have a tremendous athlete, tremendous martial artist with limited amount of experience. And the thing that people need to realize is when you have someone who has little amount of experience like Gagne has, um, the ceiling is endless. Now, being saying that, same with and Ganu has very limited experience in MMA compared to um, guys who have been doing it a long time like me. And they just have risen through the ranks so fast because they're so talented. That just means that they have unlimited potential to grow. Like you seen after Ngannou lost to Stipe, and then he had that terrible fight against um, Derek Lewis. You, you saw him just rise up. He took his game to the next level to the next level, to the next level, embarrassed Stipe in that last fight and really put a fucking beating on him. And, and he grew. And so I think you can see the same thing in Gagne, which means that the division is very interesting for the first time in a very long time. I think that you have two really good heavyweights with limited experience, um, in terms of overall MMA length and longevity of the careers, who they're going to fight. And when they do fight, I can probably safely say, unless one gets starched in the first round really fast, they will fight again. And they will get better. So if Kanye loses, he will get better. And Kanu has already shows when he loses and faces adversity, he gets better. And to be honest, both of these guys, if they can add good wrestling and good Jiu-Jitsu, not make it their main thing but just add it so that they're prepared against it you're looking at for the very first time in a long time elite heavyweights elite technical heavyweights um so it's very interesting to see this happen um i'm i'm a fan of Gagne now i'm looking forward to his next fight i'm going to go back and watch his previous fights because he did so well i want to go and see what he was doing before and i think for the very first time in a long time, we have a heavyweight division with five guys that can be extremely entertaining. You have um, the champion in Ghana, yes, real Gagne. Uh, don't count Derek Lewis out. As long as he can stay mentally sharp, he will be back, and he'll be knocking some people out. You got Stephen Maiochik. Don't sleep on him. Just because he got knocked out by Francis doesn't mean he's done. He's still one of the best, baddest men in the world, and he will come back and you have John Jones as well who's moving up to the heavyweight. We're waiting to see on him, but you have top 5 exciting fighters, exciting heavyweights. It's a great time for the heavyweight division, and I'm excited to see some of those fights unfold and come through. Um and and hey, so while to wrap this up, while it wasn't the most exciting UFC pay-per-view, it was a great pay-per-view. I think it showed a lot. It was a breakthrough moment for French MMA. And it was a breakthrough moment for Cyril Gagné. Uh, very young, up-and-coming, heavyweight, interim heavyweight title. Which, okay. Before I finish this, the fact that it wasn't even an interim belt was bullshit. And GANU showed that he is a clear champion. Um, but, saying that. Saying that it was a contract dispute. For those of you who don't know, Ganu had a contract dispute with the UFC. They probably said "fuck you," we're not going to give you that money. And Ngannou said, "Well, I'm not going to fight." And then they made this title up and this fight happened. But now that this unfolded, the way this fight happened and the way Gagne kind of surreal Gagne came up and, and and beat Derek Lewis, I'm not mad at it anymore. I was mad at it at the first, but now it makes Dana White look like a fucking mad genius. So shout out to Dana White because. I think a lot of people were critical of this being an interim title fight. And it was definitely a worthy interim title fight. So that being said, thank you for watching my breakdown of this event. I'm looking forward to doing another one. Of, um, I know that everyone said the last one I did it was a too short. They wanted a little longer, a little bit more analysis, and a little bit more breakdown. So I gave it to you guys today. I don't want to make it too long and dwell on certain things. But um, let me know what you think. Leave comments. Uh, please like share subscribe the more people that subscribe to the channel the more people that like and share the more content I can produce and the better I can do at this and the more stuff I can bring to you so thank you again this is another episode of grind my gears I'm Ashnam Dari. peace out have a great day